0: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you now to look into the reality of the gift that you gave us in your son, Jesus. Help us to see you. May you receive the glory and the honor and the thanks and the praise that you deserve. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Here are the scripture readings for this morning. The first reading comes from Romans chapter 6, verses 3. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2.8 2.8 For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And Isaiah 9.6 For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Well, tomorrow is Christmas, and a whole bunch of gifts are going to be given tomorrow, Gift giving has become more than a part of Christmas. For some, it is actually the the seminal activity of the holiday, the thing that actually makes Christmas, Christmas. And there is great joy in, in giving gifts. That is, unless you have to give a gift because somebody in the office sent around an inner office memo for some stupid gift exchange that you don't want to do. Or you get a call from a third cousin that you don't really know who's just come up with a great idea for the family and you have to go buy a gift. But gift gifting can be quite joyous. And for many children, receiving the gift is, is the highlight, the highlight of Christmas. It can even... It can even surpass their birthday, and which is really kind of odd when you think about it because Christmas is about Jesus' birthday, and their birthday is about all about them. But, but who, who can blame them? Uh, it's, it, it, it was probably, at least for many of us, our highlight when we were growing up. Plus, we play into it, basically encourage it as adults and as a culture. Gifts and Christmas go hand in hand. Now, the metaphor I'm about to use, you will probably uh, have heard before, and in fact, at the Good News Club on Wednesday, after Sandy shared her story about gifts and Christmas with the children, I asked her if she'd been looking at my notes in preparation for the sermon. And then at a gathering of high school students at Quillbilly's Friday afternoon, Pastor Al used the same metaphor, but the truth is the truth and it is and, and is it's worth repeating you see there is something about all this gift giving and receiving on Jesus' birthday that just does not make sense let's assume it's todd Hudek's birthday and and we all decided to throw him a big party And when it came time for the birthday gifts to be given, rather than Mark giving him a bar of gold and Marge giving him some of her famous mac and cheese and Terry giving him a freezer full of elk elk meat, at the time of the gift exchange, when everyone is expecting Todd to open his presents, everyone started to give their gifts to everyone else at the celebration except for the birthday boy. Then, when it is all done... To everyone's surprise, Todd starts to hand out gifts to all the people who came to the celebration. And the gifts that he is handing out make all the other gifts look like trinkets and fluff. That is kind of what happens at Christmas. It is Jesus' birthday, and we have all been invited to celebrate it. And we usually bring gifts for the other invitees some we might have even spent a tremendous amount of time and energy on. However, we don't seem to bring much to the person whose birthday we are celebrating. And beyond that, regardless of how much we have spent on our gifts for the other partygoers, none of them compare to the gift that Jesus, whose birthday we are celebrating, gave and gives to those who come to the party. 2,000 years ago, it wasn't that different when Jesus was born. There was pretty much a lack of earthly attention to Jesus, the birthday baby. Though the heavens seemed to get it, and there was one star in particular that could not take its attention off of Jesus, and the angels got it. They put on a concert for some shepherds who kind of got it, To some might call through a shock and awe approach. And a few, later, a few weeks later, a few magi, they, they got it. And they had been following that star that got it. But beyond that, their birthday baby really didn't get that much attention, particularly among the people, his own people, who were invited. And In all of this, I'm not implying that it's not okay to bring to the celebration whatever gifts we want to give to the others at the celebration, particularly if it's done in honor or in recognition of the gift that God gave us. That's a beautiful and lovely thing. However, I want to encourage us this Christmas to focus on the gift God gave us, who is also the same person for whom tomorrow's celebration is being held. And that gift was himself as the baby in the manger. For he was a very special baby. We we talked last week about how the one in the manger was entirely human while still being entirely Almighty God. The baby in the manger, that gift, was God with us. Emmanuel. And he came to save us. Amen. Amen. One of the things about a gift if it is a true gift, is that it is not deserved. Wages are deserved. A tribute or taxes are owed. Duty and obedience are required. A gift, a true gift, is something that is not expected or deserved or required. Which, when you think about it, sometimes I wonder if we should start uh, calling all those family obligation gifts something else. I mean... Do they really meet the definition of a true gift? And sometimes they they actually feel more like wages or payments, and and it doesn't help with the Santa Claus story because if you think about it, he's only going to bring you a gift if you've been good, which basically means you've earned it, and he's paying up. But that's not the point I'm going to (laughs) make. Anyway, a, a true gift... Is something that is not expected or deserved or required. A true gift is a manifestation of grace, which is exactly what Jesus is. We did not deserve the gift of Jesus who came to save us. Romans 6:23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That verse actually states what we have earned, what we deserve. We deserve, because of sin, death, and judgment, and death. However, and, and this is probably one of the hugest and most amazing and most significant however you will ever hear, and it really should stop us in our tracks, though unfortunately, perhaps we've become so familiar with it that it's lost some of its impact. However, instead of death and judgment, God gave us eternal life in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We we did not deserve for Jesus to come and die for us. God didn't and doesn't owe us anything. And if we think it made sense for God to do it, then we really haven't thought hard and long about that. Plus, these errors in thinking will cause us to miss the magnitude of the gift. We deserved death, eternal death. In fact, that was our condition at the time due to sin. Instead, he gave us everything. He gave us himself and life. That is a mega wow. This truth is highlighted again in Ephesians 2, 8, which reads, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. That verse, which has also become so familiar, it has perhaps lost some of its significance or impact or power. First, um, it says that we are saved through faith, which means we are saved through truly believing in and placing our trust in God and what he has done and accomplished in Christ. That we are saved through faith Is a mind blower. That our self. In fact I was talking to somebody this week. Who who just can't quite. Believe that. That we are saved. Through faith. That our salvation is not tied. To our earning it. That we can get to heaven. Based on believing. And not as a result. Of whether. Our good deeds are outweighing. Our bad deeds which an honest person would have to admit, considering the holiness of God wouldn't work out to anybody's advantage, that we are saved by believing through faith and not any man-concocted method is actually too good to be true. But it is true. Hallelujah. But it is the first part of that verse that is even more amazing. It is that, for by grace you are saved. We did not deserve to be saved. It actually did not make sense for God to save us or do anything for us. And there was nothing we could do about our situation or change it or our future or our next breath. And God was not obligated to do what he did. And no third cousin would make him feel like a jerk if he didn't do it. Still, God made it possible for us to be saved through faith alone, by grace, through the gift of himself. But God did have a reason. And it had nothing to do with us, or at least related to our worth or self-value. His reason was entirely due to his love, his love for us. And not because we are or were lovable. John 3.16 reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If you recall, we spent some time on this verse a a few months back. While it is true that God so loved the world, loved the world so much, that he did give his son, the, the more accurate understanding of this verse does not place the emphasis on how much God loved us, but how God loved us. I know it's a nuance, but it's a big deal. It should humble and surprise us that God would even care for us. Considering who he is, our rebellion and rejection of him, what we've done, it should humble and surprise us that God even persists in loving us. Yet the emphasis in John 3.16 is not on the reality that God does love us, which he does, but on how he loved us, what he did to show that love, how he manifested that love, the measures he took so we could experience that love. And that's Christmas. He came as Jesus to die for us. He manifested His love by giving us His Son. His love was not merely some powerful emotion. It was a self-giving sacrifice that was entirely for our good, not for His, and we did not deserve it. Romans 5.8 says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated his love for us by giving us, us who were lost in our sins, by giving us his son, a gift we did not deserve. We really need to take that in. I mean, it's what we believe, but we don't think about it that much. That's huge. And for those who wonder... If they are good enough, God gave you this gift before you were cleaned up, before you were washed off, before you were forgiven, and while you were in rebellion and separated from God by your own ideas and sinfulness. And he didn't have to do it, but he did it to demonstrate his love for you. So now you're probably wondering, what's the deal with these 100 grand bars? Did everybody get a 100 grand bar? You're you're allowed to eat them afterwards. And by the way, they're a very terrific candy bar. When, When I was a child, I, at times, had a pretty eccentric imagination. My fascination with this candy bar, in particular, was not with what was inside the wrapper, but what the rapper said on the outside it said a hundred grand I translated that to mean a hundred thousand dollars and I was the richest kid on the planet and and when you think about that that I got it for only 15 cents that was quite a deal and I was pretty proud of it well Obviously, and I tried, by the way, it was the, the bigger bars. I tried to get the bigger bars, but Amazon couldn't get them here fast enough for today. So you got the little bars. But obviously it's, it's merely just candy. But imagine if I told you that what was inside the paper labeled 100 grand that looks like a normal candy bar was actually a100,000 dollars. Would you be holding that a little different? Would it maybe be impacting you and what you're thinking a little bit right now? Is it possible that when we look at Jesus in the manger, the baby in the package, the one whose birthday we celebrate tomorrow, that we might not be fully appreciating what is in the package in the manger? If we really thought about who. And what was in that manger, what we are celebrating tomorrow, what the gift was in that manger, shouldn't it seriously impact us a lot? The gift to us in that manger was more than $100,000. It was Emmanuel. It was God with us who came to die for us, that we could live and be saved and have eternal life. That gift that we did not deserve, that was the package, inside the package. After all the presents were opened on our family Christmas morning, my mom used to uh, have us kids sit down and write thank you notes. Now, that wasn't quite as fun as opening the gifts. And I would often say things like, why do I need to tell grandma that I like her present? She knows she gave it to me, and she knows that I like it. I mean, otherwise she wouldn't have given it to me. But I still did it. And you know what? It, it turned out that those who received those thank you notes actually liked them. And actually appreciated them. And some even let me know. And the funny thing was that their response to my thank you was sometimes actually better than the gift. My mom also told me that when deciding what gift to give someone, I was to think about what they would want rather than what I would want which, right off the bat, made it a little bit harder. But on and on my limited budget, it was going to be pretty tough to meet whatever desires I thought they might have. So when mom would say something like, I know your dad would just like a card that said you loved him, or she would say something like, Grandma would like something that you would make, well, That was good news to me because I I could deliver on on that. The bike for my brother, the new car for my older sister wasn't going to happen. It's not possible. When we actually pause to consider the magnitude and the consequences of the gift God has given us, our natural response, or at least it would be if we really understood the, the gift God gave us our natural desire is to want to do something for God but what can we do or give to God I mean he's God and and what could I possibly do for him that would even matter more than a drop of water does to the ocean plus he deserves everything And the universe is his. Well, the first thing that we can do in response to the gift that we have received is say thank you. We need to simply tell him that we appreciate the gift. He already knows it. But the reality is giving thanks to God will actually benefit us more than it benefits him. We can also give him a gift. Not because we have to, or he demands it, but because we want to. But what can we give him, since all that I have is actually his anyway, and besides, my mom said I needed to consider what he would want. What could he want that I could possibly afford or have. There is one thing. It's something that he originally gave to me and said I could keep. And while it is not in the condition it was when he gave it to me or gave it to us, it is still ours to give. And he will not take it back unless it is freely given to him. It is also something that we can afford on our limited budget, which is welcome news, since there is no way in the world we could ever give him a gift that his greatness deserves, nor that is even in the same league as the gift he has given us. The gift we can give God is ourselves, warts and all. And the truly amazing thing is he wants us. But he does not want us as slaves or drones or tools. He wants us as his children. He wants us to know his love. He wants us to turn to him and be with him. He wants us to have eternal life and freedom from sin and death and truly to know joy. That's what he wants. He wants us to know that though we were sinners separated from him because of Jesus, because of Christmas, because of what he did, we can be forgiven and reunited with him. He wants us to be with him because he loves us. If you have not given yourself to him and you're wondering what the appropriate response is to this amazing gift in Christ Jesus. That's how you should respond. Give him thanks and give him yourself. If you've already given him yourself, then dwell in the fact that you are his and enjoy him forever. The the, the way I would like to close this message... Um, is by reading together the last text. It's printed on the, the right hand side of your bulletin. And if you take your bullet that's Scott was so faithfully making sure everybody got one of these and a bulletin when they came in, so I really appreciate that. Please please read with me uh, Isaiah nine six. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Tomorrow, when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the one who was given to us, the one we just read about. And when gifts are exchanged, remember the gift that he has given to you and respond accordingly. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of your son. Thank you for the life that you have made possible for us. Please receive our thanks and receive us for your glory and honor. In the name of Jesus, amen.